Well, good evening, America. It is 7 p.m. It's Monday, August 24th, and this is Queer News Tonight, the world's first live LGBTQ daily evening news, and it's time to queer up the news. Watch us tonight as we bring you these and other stories from LGBTQ headlines. Randy Rainbow apologizes for his racist and transphobic tweets. And Pete Buttigieg shows off his wedding ring at the Democratic National Convention. Drag Race Season 12 is the most watched in history. And Trump's sister offers blistering attacks against her brother in leaked audio. Later this week on It's Happening Out, Wednesday at 8 p.m., we dive into WAP by Cardi B and ask, is it a sexual awakening or just simply vulgar? Thursday at 8 p.m., we bring you the next episode of Gay Town Hall, the only alive town hall of some of the biggest names in the LGBTQ world debating the hottest of topics. So good evening again, America. It is 7 p.m. Monday, August 24, 2020, and it is time to queer up the news. We are literally out of the closet and into the headlines. So many of your stories we're going to tell this evening on Queer News Tonight. Tonight on the world's first live daily queer evening news show. Tonight's news about the gay community and the news from an LGBTQ perspective. Are our gay stories important to you? In headlines, politics, entertainment, gay culture, travel, religion, and more. Reported by respected anchors. Out of the closet and into the headlines on Q News Tonight. Thank you for joining Queer News Tonight. We are live. This is an unedited news show. Complete contextual. You get to see everything. So anything can happen. This evening, we bring you the news of and a perspective from the LGBT community. I'm your anchor, Al Ferguson, and this is my co-anchor, Chef Josie. So let's queer up the news. Tonight, we begin with queer headlines. The LGBTQ community in America is diverse. The LGBTQ community around the world is vast, and we bring you the bullet points of queer news for today, Monday, August 24th, 2020. We begin by queering up gay culture in reporting that Chi-Chi Devane is remembered by the Happening Out television network. Watch this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the world of drag is in mourning over the untimely passing of Chi-Chi Devane, who passed away at the early age of 34. 
She has been widely celebrated online following her passing and noted for her kind and generous soul. And in an industry that is known to be cutthroat at times, she was always sweet to everyone. Joining us now live uh, to discuss this further is Randy Boo, host uh, from Gay Town Hall. And Randy and uh, Chi Chi were uh, very good friends and have actually done a music video together. Good evening, Randy. Good evening, Al. Good evening, America. How are you guys doing? Oh, great, and I'm glad you uh, get to uh, join us tonight. I'll be with you Thursday night uh, at 8 o'clock Eastern uh, mm -hmm. on Gay Town Hall. Uh, Randy, I know you were close uh, friends with uh, Chi Chi Devane. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, what this moment is for you. Um, this one was actually tough for me because it wasn't too long ago when um, Lady Red passed away and Chi Chi was like a few weeks after and uh, I met Chi Chi through Hey Queen with Lady Red. So this one kind of hit me in a certain spot where I it just, it, I just, it's hard to bear some like certain nights, but I gotta keep moving. <laughs> I was uh, I was looking today at uh, many of your pictures and, and album notes uh, for um, with uh, Chi Chi um, uh, beyond RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, you're uh, you've done a lot of music work uh, with uh, Chi Chi. What was that experience like for you? Um, it was actually I feel like it was a blessing because Chi Chi believed in me when I didn't believe in me. When I felt like I was starting to lose my spark, Chi Chi was there to kind of push me up and tell me like, hey, you can do this. You got the talent, you 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 got it. You just got to keep doing it. And she was the one who kind of brought that fire back into me to, to continue doing music because that song that me and Chi Chi made was actually for the band that I used to be with. And since the band broke up, um, I made that I talked to the guys and told them that I still want to use this song. I wrote it for a purpose, and I I sent it to Chi Chi, and Chi Chi was like, "Yes, I'll do it," like without hesitation. And it was just a true blessing. I feel like I've been touched by an angel, literally. Randy, I understand that you're going to uh, take uh, uh, music that you and Chi Chi did together, and you're going to remix it as a tribute to her. Yes, um, I already did the remix. It's you can hear it out on um, on my IG, Instagram, and um, on YouTube. But I'll be dropping the song with a music video. It's already cur currently in process. It's just gonna take a little time till we actually edit the video. We're just waiting for some videos from um, other Rue girls that I've reached out to. Um, Randy, uh, if uh, for those that did not know, you know, I was involved with RuPaul's Drag Race for a long time. For those that did not know Chi Chi, um, um, only the persona that was shown on the, the show, um, what is it that you would want to uh, say, uh, here's who this person was, and as a final tribute from your seat and your perspective, which is different than RuPaul girls or from my seat, etc., cetera, uh, what would you say uh, that you would want uh, the LGBTQ American community and international community to remember about Chi Chi Devane? Um, Chi Chi Devane is one of the most genuine person I've ever met. She was always down to earth, very understanding and so willing to help others. And um, she was she never really had an attitude. She was always just happy go like, okay, cool, let's do it. Yeah, come on. She was always in a positive mood, 
even if it, it was a tough situation, she would always just find a way to kind of keep it positive. And she, it's like nothing bothers her. Well, uh, Randy, we're, we're sorry for your loss. Um, the entire LGBT community in the United States is, uh, is saddened today over uh, this life being taken, uh, lost so young. And uh, we wanted to take a moment to talk to you uh, because of your relationship with Chi Chi Devane and, and to also um, tribute her uh, on behalf of everyone at the Happening Out Television Network uh, here at Queer News Tonight. Your participation as host at Gay Town Hall. Uh, we remember uh, Chi Chi Devane uh, fondly tonight. Randy, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Al. Yes, have a good night. Well, we are going to continue tonight in Queering Up Vote 2020 and reporting Enjoy the RNC, but don't forget the party's over. Watch this. Meanwhile, President Trump may be accepting the Republican nomination for re-election either at the White House or at the Republican National Convention in Charlotte. Earlier, it was moved to Jacksonville, Florida over coronavirus concerns, but then three weeks ago, that plan was scrapped and now it's back in Charlotte, set to begin August 24th. Meanwhile, President Donald Trump adopted a grim tone in remarks to Republicans who formally backed his bid for a second term on Monday, warning without evidence that he could face a rigged election in November if you didn't vote for him. Trump spoke in an unscheduled appearance on the first day of the sharply scaled back Republican National Convention in Charlotte, North Carolina, after he received enough votes to formally win the nomination for the party. In another contrast with the Democratic event, which featured all three living former Democratic presidents and prior nominees, the Republican event will not include speeches from the party's past living president or its candidates. Mitt Romney had voted to remove Trump from office during the impeachment hearing earlier this year. I mean, I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina, and this actually, this story uh, turns my stomach. If you had a chance to catch a little piece of this earlier, um, this is a stark, uh, a stark difference from the Democratic National Convention that actually included the voices of the people. Uh, this Republican National Convention is just more of what this new administration is bringing to the Republican Party. Nothing. LGBT America, I, I tell you frankly, brace yourself, this is going to be a long week because if this afternoon is any indication that he's just going to jump in and do impromptu sentences on uh, congratulations, I've just been nominated and turn it into a one hour diatribe and that was the opening moments and he's going to do it every single day. Whew, man, this is going to be a long week. <laughs> <laughs> well, next, let's queer up vote 2020. Trump's sister offers blistering attacks against her brother in leaked audio. Watch this. Goddamn tweet and the lie. Oh, my God, I'm talking too freely. But, you know, it is a change of stories, a lack of preparation, the lying, the holy Judge Barry also says the president had someone take his exams before he transferred to Wharton. And according to The Washington Post, he says, quote, Donald is cruel. It's a particularly relevant development given that the president's sister is basically repeating the arguments we heard from Democrat after Democrat at their convention last week, where Joe Biden's central argument seemed to be 
that he is empathetic and decent and the president is In not. secretly recorded audio, Marianne Trump Barry, the eldest sister of President Trump, criticized her brother for his lack of principles, his lying and said, you can't trust him. The audio first reported by the Washington, Washington Post was recorded between 2018 and 2019 by Mr. Trump's niece, Mary Trump, who recently published a tell-all book about the president. In a number of recordings, Barry is heard complaining about Mr. Trump's character. Donald is out, of Don out for Donald, period, she said in one exchange. All he wants to do is appeal to his base, Barry said in another recording. He has no principles, none, none. Some critics of the president joked that they expected him to say he had never even heard of his sister, as he has sometimes done with disgraced former staff. I've never heard of Donald Trump's sister. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I think when you have family members, there's two arguments. One can be disgruntled and one can be truthful. If you listen to your gut, you probably have heard absolute direct truth of what goes on in the Donald Trump family. I'm just going to see how long it takes for his base to wake up. I mean, they may never come around, but the reality is, is now his entire family is starting one by one to fall in line with what we all already knew. Next, we queer up gay culture and reporting former drag race champion James Ross reportedly has been arrested for gra uh, graffiti. The former drag race champion James Ross, who won the second season while competing as Tyra Sanchez, has reportedly been arrested after spraying graffiti on an apartment complex in Atlanta. Earlier, earlier this year, James called on fans of drag race to forget about him in a series of social media posts. Addressing fans, James wrote, I want absolutely nothing to do with your toxic community. Stop tagging me in your posts. Stop including me with your winners. Just forget me. Hard to do that now. Next, let's queer up the USA. Trump's voice. Less drama, more mama. Late Sunday night, Kellyanne Conway announced that she would be stepping away from her role in the White House to focus on family first. Her husband, George Conway, announced that he was stepping away from the anti-Trump group, the Lincoln Project, for those exact reasons. It is, not, it, it is hard not to speculate that their political differences are part of the reason why they needed to take a step back from the spotlight, with their daughter Claudia posting videos constantly trashing Trump and even asking AOC to adopt her. Next week, Queer Up Entertainment. In reporting, Netflix releases first look at Big Bang Theory's Jim Parsons in a groundbreaking gay drama, The Boys in the Band. Parsons, who previously worked alongside the likes of Matt Boomer, Andrew Rennells, and Zachary Quinto in the Broadway revival in 2018, will play as the lead character, Michael. The character features a withering wit that is sure to remind viewers of Sheldon Cooper, and we look forward to watching this take on this classic story. Next, let's queer up entertainment. Share to headline LGBTQ Biden fundraiser. The event will be held 
online on August 31st with tickets starting at $1,000 all the way up to $100,000. Cher first endorsed the Democratic nominee back in February and has been vocal about the need for change in the White House. Next week, Queer Up Business in reporting a group can't sue San Antonio over the Chick-fil-A decision. A group of conservatives doesn't have the legal standing to sue San Antonio over its rejection of a Chick-fil-A restaurant at the city's airport. A Texas appeals court ruled. The reason cited by the city council for the rejection was the restaurant's history of donating to anti-LGBTQ causes. Next, let's queer up entertainment. Randy Rainbow apologizes for racist and transphobic tweets Political satirist uh, Randy Rainbow apologized for the dozens of racist, anti-Semitic, misogynistic, and transphobic tweets he wrote years ago that resurfaced earlier this week. They make me sick to my stomach. In fact, and I deeply apologize to anyone I offended. He said in an interview, let's hope he errs on the side of decency for, for any more of his jokes in the future. Next week, we're up the vote 2020 and reporting Pete Buttigieg shows off his wedding ring at the Democratic National Convention. During the speech last week, the former mayor of South Bend praised Democratic nominee Joe Biden for having the courage to go against party consensus at the time when he declared his support for marriage equality in 2012. That is when Buttigieg flashed his ring saying that the very ring on my finger reflects how this country can change. Next, we will queer up entertainment. Drag Race season 12 is the most watched in history. It is official. The 12th season of RuPaul's Drag Race was the most watched in franchise history. This, along with its 13 Emmy Award nominations, makes it clear that Drag Race is just getting started as a cultural phenomenon. Next, let's catch up on all the news surrounding COVID-19 with our quarantine quickies. The first story tonight is our daily reporting on the coronavirus facts, especially important to the LGBTQ community. We report first on coronavirus case numbers based on standard acceptance of population uh, in the LGBTQ community. The world's LGBTQ COVID-19 cases stand at 1,659,273, while America's LGBTQ COVID-19 cases stand at 412,349. We remind you that America continues to be ground zero of this pandemic. The USA is just 4.4% of the world's population, and today America is 24.8% of all of the world's cases. Next, we report on coronavirus deaths. The world's LGBTQ COVID-19 deaths stand at a staggering 57,003, while America's LGBTQ COVID-19 deaths stand at 12,653. The USA is 22.1% of all of the world's deaths. Next, we uh, queue up quarantine quickies by reporting Anderson Cooper overcome with emotion after a coronavirus patient's sweet message. Watch this. 
treasures life's sweet joys. On my behalf, could you please congratulate um, Anderson Cooper on his baby? <laughs> I certainly will. These are the things you think about He's when you're so laying good. in the hospital bed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy that he has a baby and that he's so cute. Well, I will share your blessings with Anderson and Wyatt. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Have Rosa. a great day. Be well. Wow, Brandy Joyce. So sweet, right? I mean, wow, what she has been through. Yeah, and what she's still going through, Anderson, and yet that was the only time in our whole interview that she smiled, was talking about you and Wyatt. I mean, she's been in this dark place. She was on that ventilator for a couple of months. She's going through possibly losing her hands. She hasn't seen her children in a couple of months. She was in this dreamlike state where she was watching her life go by on the ventilator, she remembers. Um, so it's been a really scary time for her and she hasn't had any visitors. So when we started talking about you, that's when she really lit up. And I think she's really clung to that as sort of this bright spot in all of this. You know, we see what the pandemic has done to her and her family and so many others. And it was just really sweet, Anderson, that moment. And all she wanted to do was talk about you and baby Wyatt. Um, I, I, I want to talk to her. Um, thank you, Randy. Appreciate it. And we wish her the best. And, and we hope she gets to uh, be reunited with her kids really soon. Anderson Cooper was completely overcome with emotion on Friday following the broadcast of a profile of a healthcare worker from Miami who has been hospitalized since March after contracting the coronavirus. Toward the end of the segment about EEG, technician Rosa Philippe's months-long battle against COVID-19, during which she has been separated from her two sons, Felipe uh, wished Cooper and his four-month-old son, Wyatt, well. Could you please congratulate Anderson Cooper on his baby? Felipe, 41, asked. The well wishes were too much for Cooper. After the segment ended and the broadcast cut back to the studio, he welled up, removed his glasses, and rubbed his eyes. It's so sweet. If you've watched Anderson Cooper in the past, he, you can tell that he's a sensitive kind of guy. And it's good to know that we still have people who are in front of the camera in uh, on using their platform to show their human, especially during this pandemic that we're all living through at the moment. Yeah, and no two people understand that moment better than you, Josie. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely beautiful. Next, quarantine quickies. What has quarantine life been like for gay adult actors? Watch this. Yeah, I mean, I myself think porn is essential, but it's not. It's. <laughs> You, we can't go and film right now. I haven't filmed since February in person. So we've been doing quarantine quality productions um, where it's all, you know, jerking off or virtual scenes. We can't go in person yet to do this. Um, I direct for men.com as well, and they're still not filming. Naked Sword and Falcon started this week for the first time since. Just this since week since, since pandemic began. COVID-19 has put a pause on most of the world this year and the adult entertainment industry is no exception. Though the professional production of adult films has been indefinitely put on hold because of quarantine and social isolation efforts, porn consumption has risen. So what's an adult actor to do in times like these where demand still needs to be met? 
comedian Jimmy Fowley decided to create a character named Nikki Spitz and set him loose on our unsuspecting world. The character is known for having no limits and being disgusting, but says COVID-19 means he has to rein it in so he doesn't get others sick. Now, if only he could teach that lesson to all the gays out there. Hmm. Next, we queer up a segment called Good News. After we finish our headlines, we want to report on something that made us smile today in Good News. Qu let's queer up Good News. The fridge again sings what the 19 pounds in COVID-19 really means. We've all been there this COVID-19 season, back at the fridge again, which is why this song really made us laugh, because it represents what we have all been through. Watch this. Yeah, I mean, I myself think porn is essential, but it's not. It's, you, we can't go and film right now. I agree. Somebody stop me. She's at the fridge again. I'm at the fridge again. She's at the fridge again. I haven't filmed since February in person, so we've been doing quarantine quality. She's at the fridge again. I'm at the fridge again. She's at the fridge again. I need a little help from you. Please come get her. I'm doing a little too much. She's doing too much. I'm at the fridge again. She's at the fridge again. I'm at the fridge again. She's at the fridge again. again, y'all. She's at the fridge again. I'm at the fridge again. She's at the fridge again. She's at the fridge oh, but it's again. been two minutes since the last visit. She's at the fridge oh, again. I'm gonna need your help. She's gonna get her. I need you right now. She needs your help. Fridge again. She's at the fridge again. Love that. Uh, not 19 for me. <laughs> yeah, I, more like 39. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Happening Out Television Network is broadcasting from our brand new set in partnership with Sunshine Cathedral, the world's largest queer church in Fort Lauderdale, Wilton Manors, Florida. We joke this is the gayest place on planet Earth. Our support of their Sunday celebration is the largest LGBTQ religious broadcast in the world every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. We encourage you to tune in. Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. Watch this. Spinoza, founding president of the Gay Men's Chorus of South Florida. Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. 
We'd like to thank our set designer, Concepto Modern Living, here in Fort Lauderdale for making this set in the Living Museum possible. Well, we would like to welcome you to Q's Q&A, where every Monday we are going to take fewer questions about finance and the economy and ask our expert to weigh in so you can be more confident with your money, especially important for LGBTQ community. We are proud to have Queer News Tonight contributor David Treese joining us now. With 30 years of experience, David works as a fee-based investment advisor representing and a representative from Cetera Advisors and is an accredited investment fiduciary. He uh, understands financial markets and is an expert in financial planning. David has been featured in the Miami Herald, Sun Sentinel, PBS's Nightly Business Report, The Washington Post, and on NBC6 in an Emmy award-winning series about his work. David, welcome uh, to the show tonight. Thank you, Al. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I, I have not actually seen, this is, uh, this is part one, first time that we have done this, and I actually haven't seen uh, this done specifically for the LGBTQ community in a digital video fashion before. So we're really excited to present this to the South Florida community and, and the LGBT community nationally. There's so many issues for the LGBT community on financial planning too, so I think we need to get some focus on this as we talk about diversity and all sorts of issues. And um, I've got a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, well that's good. Because we're a talking show, so lots to say uh, will make it great. Um, I'm curious, before we get into some of the viewer questions that have been asked, um, is this a unique year for COVID-19 uh, or because of COVID-19 in terms of planning financially in the LGBTQ community? You know, I think it's been uh, a tough year for everybody, and we've seen a lot of people really look at the planning that they need to do, so it's affected everybody. and. One of the things we give a lot of advice about making sure that you're prepared for emergencies, like possibly the loss of a job. So there are other things like that. And to make sure that you've got um, a larger you know, point of view about your long-term future, we say you are your best stock. So we want you to make sure that you're investing in yourself so that if something does go wrong that you may be able to maybe make a turn and, and still land on your feet. I've seen that happen to a lot of people who ended up uh, not where they wanted to be, but still making the best of it. So it's not easy for anybody. This has really been a rough time. We've had uh, calls to our office about people worrying about pa passing away, that what if something happens to me? What if I get sick? And trying to make sure that their documents are up to date or their beneficiary designations. And I've always preached, you've got to think about these things because anything can go wrong. And then you don't necessarily think about a pandemic, but clearly, um, we well, that gives us an opportunity. We, uh, we have solicited uh, from viewers uh, some questions. We're going to ask uh, several of them tonight. Josie, why don't uh, we begin with you? Okay, so the first question from our viewers is, how is financial planning different for LGBTQ people? This is the question. I'm so glad to be able to talk about this. As we were just mentioning that this isn't a topic that gets enough of coverage. There are still a lot of differences about um, financial planning for LGBT people. A lot of it has to do with uh, the lack of marriage rights for so many years. I've had clients who retired, they took a pension based on a single life payout where they thought they couldn't get married and so that's irreversible. So now somebody passes away, that pension is, is lost. 
Um, often there's just no planning for marriage because we didn't have marriage rights until relatively recently. So I see that with um, social security claiming strategies. Um, there are a lot of issues with, uh, it could be family issues is a big one. And we may have hostile family members. I see that quite uh, commonly. Our family structures may be quite a bit different. So for example, um, in some states, you cannot name a, a best friend as the executor of your will um, like here in Florida, it has to be somebody who is either a resident of Florida or a, a blood relative. If they live out of state, they're not eligible. So there are you know, a lot of issues like that that um, you have to kind of plan for that are more prominent in the LGBT community. I uh, worry about aging um, in the LGBT community. Often we haven't had children, so the, the risk of aging alone is higher. And we've had a lot of LGBT seniors um, actually showed a, a documentary on LGBT seniors going back into the closet. And the, the reason is you get to be vulnerable when you're older. And often other older people are less welcoming. And we've even seen some of the caregivers who are often from more conservative communities, wow, for example. that's very um, interesting. I, I've seen people from the Caribbean and we had one older man we were practically taking care of a gay man and the caregiver was reading the bible all the time and at one point she just disappeared on us and we think it had something to do with my husband and i and our jokes our gay jokes and we called the agency it's like what happened and they, they sent somebody else but that's an issue and this was a jewish man and it's like to have somebody there reading the bible and it's very easy for somebody to say the wrong thing um, HIV is another issue. I think um, that sometimes a, a gay man who might be HIV positive is less likely to necessarily tell an advisor that unless they're working with somebody who they know is um, LGBTQ you, friendly. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting um, uh, because you had like uh, nine points that I've, I'm making mental notes that we're going to have to ask more questions about in, in, uh, in exploring because you outlined a lot of things that I didn't even think about that is important for the LGBT community. Another viewer did ask a very um, uh, specific question though that I wanted to zero in on and the question is what are the most important things that we should be doing right now with our money and our financial planning given the specific issues with COVID-19? What's, what's the real finite recommendations of what you should do tomorrow this week, this month? Well, I, I touched on a few things. One of them is that emergency account. Um, if you can still do it, if you haven't done it, set that money aside in case something goes wrong. This is where we used to say at the, in the Great Recession back in 2007, 2008, try to have three to six months of emergency money available. Now we're even going to six to nine months because it can take a long time to get a, a job. Another thing is make sure you know what your benefits are, your health insurance benefits, your group benefits. Make sure that you've got yeah, um, the ability to get short-term, long-term disability, that you've got good insurance coverage. So look at that. If you, in terms of investing, if you're a younger person and you're worried about the markets going up and down and you know, possibly another serious correction, if you're saving regularly, you're, you're doing dollar cost averaging, as we say that, um, let's say you're contributing to a 401k plan at work, just keep it up because if the market goes down, you're buying those shares on sale. Now, on the other hand, if you're closer to retirement, and you're worried about maybe running out of money, you have to be more careful because we do worry about 
another um, market correction. Corrections are normal to some extent. If it goes, the market goes down maybe 10%, this is, is pretty common. If it goes down 20%, we get into a bear market, that can hurt, and people don't even want to open their statements at that point. Actually, I, I, I want to, and, and Jesse's going to ask you a question very specific to what you have just brought up. We've reported at Queer News Tonight over the course of the pandemic, and especially in, uh, in April when it really hit uh, economically the LGBT community hard, we've reported unemployment percentage rates in the LGBT community, especially because we're so social economy driven. Uh, restaurants, bars, entertainment, attractions, etc., a theater, uh, that unemployment in the LGBT community skyrocketed to 25 to 28 percent. But through that entire time, we saw dramatic strength in the stock market, which is what you just talked about in correction. And a, a viewer asked a very specific question about that. Josie, uh, let's, let's explore that. Yeah, so our next question from our viewer is, what is going on with the stock market and the economy right now? How can the stock market be up with such a terrible economy? You know, we like to think that the stock market represents the economy in some way. If the economy is booming, you expect the stock market to boom. And it's painful, especially for people who are out of work, to see all of this bad economic news, and yet the stock market is going up. And a lot of advisors and money managers are asking what's really going on here. I, In my opinion, a lot of it has to do with this is government policy. So rather than the stock market being a measure of valuation, it's a measure of the efficacy of some of the public policy, like the, um, the Fed, Jay Powell at the Fed. They're doing everything from the beginning to backstop the economy. They've even bought uh, junk bonds. These are, are low-grade corporate bonds, which they've never done before. And Jay Powell has said they're going to keep interest rates low for the indefinite future and do everything that they can. They're pumping trillions of dollars into the economy. That's what's keeping the stock market up, as well as uh, government policy. That is the payroll protection program, the stimulus checks. Uh, and it's fascinating. We can measure this. We can see that in a typical recession, you know, bankruptcies go up, foreclosures go up. Um, we see um, the spending levels decline, and we're not seeing that right now. We're kicking the can down the road because of all of these uh, government programs and the moratorium on foreclosures and, and evictions. A fear has been, if we stop doing this, that all of this is going to be another crisis again, that we're going to have the foreclosure crisis like in 2007 and 2008, and then it becomes a financial crisis. There's no sign of that right now, but that's a big concern. We do look at the valuations of the stock market, and there's a lot of ways we measure this. The cyclically adjusted price to earnings ratio is one of them, and there's no question by almost any measure, the valuation of the stock market is very high. Many people say it's in bubble territory. You know, we're uh, uh, LGBT America, we'll just tell you, um, we have uh, on Tuesday nights, it'll be tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on Queer News Tonight, uh, we have done Q's Q&A for 26 consecutive weeks on coronavirus in the LGBT community with Dr. Howard Grossman. He is a renowned expert in the United States, uh, having worked at Pioneer in American HIV and virus uh, a study in the United States. The reason why we have done this and have now done it for 22nd, 26 consecutive weeks is because COVID-19 for the last half of year has been our number one topic in our LGBT community. Tonight we launch this new Q's Q&A because the 
the second most important thing that the LGBT community is talking about is how am I going to financially survive after the health effects of COVID-19? And so David's uh, participation with us here in Q's Q&A is really, really valuably important. We will continue on Monday nights uh, to bring you your questions and have uh, David uh, uh, give us some facts. Because for most of our community, I imagine, uh, we're very shy about asking about what should I do about money and how do I survive what I'm watching and experiencing in our society in COVID-19. So this is our first time for doing financially Q's Q&A and personally, uh, I think uh, we've had a really great start. We look forward to having you back next week as well. And thank you for your time tonight, uh, David. You're going to help demystify uh, the, the world of finance and uh, you being a uh, attractive gay married man uh, won't hurt either, just well saying. Thanks for having me. And if I can say something positive and give encouragement, one sign I see is that once we get through this, and we will get through it, there's a lot of pent up demand. People want to spend money, they want to work, they want to travel. And I think it can be like almost like a, maybe a post-World War II um, boom again. So good times hopefully will be on the way eventually. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, uh, Dr. Grossman has the same optimistic outlook. We will survive COVID. That's what you've just told us in terms of our financing. All right, great. And that's Q's Q&A. And thank you very much, David, for yep. being with Thanks us for tonight. We're going to end tonight's broadcast with the big finish. These are short story mentions of LGBTQ news or news with a gay perspective. So here we go. First on Queer News Tonight's The Big Finish. Right-wing pundits, you ready for this, are now saying after last week, Michelle Obama is a trans woman with a swinging you-know-what. I can't even take this anymore, okay? It is the most disrespectful thing that I have heard in the longest time, okay? First, Obama's not born here. Then he becomes president. Oh, we just keep on going. Now they have these photos circulating with Michelle Obama looking like a guy from the 70s. I just, listen, guys, stop getting distracted by this BS, okay? November 3rd is around the corner. Stay focused. Be registered. Make sure you're going and getting out to vote because this is what this administration represents. Absolute batshit crazy. You know, I have a little bit of a different take than my lesbian friend. Why am I strangely turned on? <laughs> anyway, after 2016, I can safely say hers is definitely bigger than Lindsey oh, Graham's sure. or Ted's, Ted Cruz's. <laughs> so I can see why someone right now from the right might be confused. Ugh. Got it, guys. The big finish. Log cabin Republicans ignore the facts and beg gays back to Trump. It's not happening, guys, okay? Get over it. Another, you see, this is what I'm saying. It just is, it is spreading through. The log cabin Republican, the craziness. You guys, we're going to have to really fix a lot of what's been done over the last four years. And uh, log cabin Republicans, stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Am I being misogynistic to say you sound a little angry tonight? <laughs> no. Log cabin Republicans are on their knees. Ew. Ooh. Ew. 
Whoa. Exactly where 91% of the LGBTQ community doesn't want them to be. Besides, if I wanted to be insulted and have a mic pack thrown at me <laughs> by an old man, oh, I'd go down the street and pay $30 <laughs> for the midterm election dinner bet I'm still waiting on mm. from It's Happening Out. I Look did hear about up. that. <laughs> Instead, I'll vote for Biden on November 3rd. The big finish. John Oliver is honored in Connecticut. The mayor names... <laughs> A sewer plant after him. You can't make this shit up. <laughs> I bet he thought it was a great honor. As an avid fan of John Oliver, I can almost hear him giggling when he first heard this. Giggling in delight as, <laughs> at, these, at this news. As one good joke deserves another. <laughs> well played, Dan Barry. In the big finish, NASA warns of asteroid is headed for Earth. Have you heard? It's going to hit, this is true, before the election on November 2nd. <laughs> I love that graphic. Yeah, I that's a great it. image. That's, that's, a, that's about what came to mind when I heard this news. Um, hopefully, uh, it will hit wherever uh, Trump is, okay? <laughs> and then we won't have to worry about him uh, kicking and screaming as they drag him out of the White House for refusing to leave. Well, and maybe they won't have to because <laughs> we've seen this scene in so many disaster movies, haven't we? Size matters, folks. <laughs> After learning this sucker is only six feet in diameter, I was really kind of disappointed because I thought 2020 was going to go for the kill. But at most, it's likely going to be the formation of some of the best jokes of the year about Trump, the White House, and just one block of Pennsylvania Avenue. Ooh, I can hear the Secret Service knocking at my door as we speak. The big finish. Jerry Falwell Jr. says <laughs> his wife had an affair with a pool boy. I'm sure he was just projecting. Uh, that was probably his pool boy, and he had to play it off as, oh, who's this guy? And then his wife got in on the action. Let's the be real. <laughs> the disadvantages of going last. We're going to tell the same joke. So let me start this way. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Dude, no one buys this. We all know you're the one who slept with the pool boy. The big finish. The GOP says it won't have new party platform for 2020 <laughs> election. It's just going to support Trump. That's all. Well, I mean, you know, that's about more of the same. I mean, they haven't had a platform this entire time. Uh, well, whatever that is that they consider a platform. But this is just, this is all propaganda, guys, okay? This is not politics for the people. This is not governance for the people. These are not people who are committed to creating a solution for the millions who are without jobs and the millions standing in food lines. It's time for us to wake up, register to vote, be there November 3rd, and send this man packing. Could somebody from production bring the fire extinguisher <laughs> in now and spray Josie? Uh, we, we need to cool it down just a little. I know, I'm getting a little hot. <laughs> <laughs> Do I understand all of this correctly? Do I? For the first time in five generations, Lincoln's grand old party did not commit to any new ideas, any new principles, 
or anything except one goal, support for a supreme leader, a premier, a king, a fuhrer? Honestly, I found out Donald Trump would be speaking every night at the RNC just on Saturday. If he wins re-election, I think America gets exactly what it deserves. That is today's news for the LGBTQ community on the world's first daily LGBTQ evening news show. Remember, if it's important to the LGBTQ community, it's important to Queer News Tonight. But you must help us. Click subscribe on YouTube and share this news. And it's working. Last week, 250,000 of you watched Q News Tonight in YouTube. We are out of the closet and into the headlines. This is the only source of live LGBTQ news in the world. Your community needs your support. And remember, you're not alone. We're going to get through this crisis. We're here with you, and this is Queer News Tonight. Thank you for joining us. I'm Al Ferguson, and on behalf of my co-host, Chef uh, Josie, we will see you daily and tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Good night, America. <laughs>